Hey, Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast on this Friday morning, and I'm going to go on a bit of a rant today, a bit of a philosophical kind of how my brain thinks about a certain specific topic, and um, it just kind of popped into my head this morning as I was thinking of what I might want to talk about, because I, I say this all the time, and I'm pretty sure I've said um, said it on the podcast before, most of what I'm about to say today, right now, but I feel like it just bears repeating, and it's a little controversial, so here we go. Now, let's, uh, let's rewind back to November 2016, okay? That was four, oh, three years ago. Sorry, I had to erase a lie. That was three years ago. Not quite three years ago. It was like two and a half years ago. So, November 2016, everybody's watching as Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the nominees for president, and the votes are coming in. And before, before to, before that night, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of places were saying it was going to be a landslide victory for Hillary Clinton. Now, we're not going to discuss how Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump uh, became the two that were nominated for president and were essentially the world's choices, as it felt like to many people. Either had to choose Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, which is wrong, but a lot of people felt that way. So, you got Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and as the votes slowly, slowly, slowly come in, it turns out Donald Trump is going to be the president of the United States of America. Now, what did a lot of people first think? When that happened, I bet what a lot of people thought is, oh my gosh, he is going to ruin the country. Now, I bet if Hillary Clinton would have won, there would have been plenty of people that would have said, oh my gosh, she is going to ruin the country. Now, just just let that sink in. When one person gets appointed to this position of President of the United States, there's always a huge group of people that probably think, oh my gosh, they're going to ruin the country. It happened with Donald Trump. Happened with uh, Obama. Happened with George Bush. Happened with Bill Clinton, right? I guarantee you there's always a huge group of people that are like, oh my gosh, the country's ruined now. The country's ruined. He's going to ruin the country. This one specific person is going to ruin all of America. Now, if you think it is possible for one person in one position to ruin an entire country, maybe we should step back and think, huh. Well, one, how much power does the president actually have? And two, uh, maybe they shouldn't have enough power to ruin the country. Okay, so we have a political system, three branches of government, Uh, executive, judicial, and legislative. So the executive branch, that's the President of the United States. They sign in laws, right? The executive branch, not the executive branch, I just said the executive branch. The legislative branch, that's like your House and your Senate. 
They're the ones that are writing the laws. And then you got your judicial branch. Uh, that's the Supreme Court and such like that. They're, uh, they're interpreting the laws. Okay, so you have, you have these three systems that are supposed to keep checks and balances on each other, right? So let's say the legislative branch, let's say they're all like, oh, sweet. We really like this law. We're making a law that, um, we're making it a law that you can't, um, use a person's body as an airbag, okay? You can't shove a person into a car and use them as an airbag. We're making that a law for whatever reason. Legislative, legislative branch is like, sweet, let's do it. And let's just say the president, for whatever reasons, like, nah, they veto it. Because they got that power, they can veto against the legislative branch. But then the legislative branch could say, like, hey, 99.999% of us want this law, so we're going to pass it anyway. Okay, cool. That's great. They, you know, they checked, they balanced each other. Um, and then a couple years later, it winds up in the Supreme Court where... Ah, this isn't a live person's body because the law never, you know, specified live or dead. We put a dead person's body in as our airbag. I don't know why I'm using this example. This is weird. And then, then the judicial branch is like, no, I'm pretty sure we meant like just a body in general. So, you know, they put the kibosh on that, right? They interpret that law that was passed by legislative branch, right? Okay, so you think, well, maybe the legislative branch will kind of be able to handle the president if they get to okay so the president landed up as Donald Trump or Republican if we just get enough Democrats in the legislative branch like they'll be able to do things right oh we just we need to take the house back we need to take the senate back like that I think those are dumb sayings right I, I just think it's stupid so now you've got it from oh my gosh this one person's gonna ruin the country and then you think, oh, well, we need to get the 100 seats in, I believe, the Senate, and the 400-something seats in the House. So now you have it down to less than 600 people, right? We'll just say less than 600 people are supposed to, in their best representation of serving their people that voted them in, are supposed to vote to better the totalness of 330 million people. 600 people are responsible for 330 million. Does that sound right? Does that, like, does that sound right to you? Oh, nothing's getting done because the Senate's Republican and the House is Democratic. Oh, nothing's getting done. They're at a stalemate. They're not budging. It's like, why are we letting 600 clowns run 330 million people's lives? Why? I don't get it. Especially, especially when Donald Trump, uh, part of his, part of his campaign was, hey, we're bringing jobs back to America and the steel belt, you guys have been losing jobs to foreign competition for too long. I want to bring them back. Me, as a person from Utah, I'm like, oh, I don't live in the steel belt. Those aren't those aren't jobs coming to my area, making my area better. Why are they getting a promise, but we're not? 
Now, granted, Utah does have a lot of tech jobs coming our way, so, you know, we got that going for us. I think Utah's doing pretty okay. I think part of that's because how we run Utah. But, so, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, she's a hot ticket item. She's from New York, and she ultimately wants to try and better things for the people of New York, and obviously the country as a whole, but she was voted in by representatives, or not from representatives, she was voted in by the people of New York to represent New York. She wasn't voted in by people of Utah. We didn't put her there. Uh, the guy from Kentucky that looks like a turtle, like the super old guy that everybody hates. His last name starts with an M. Forgot. Maybe it's Kansas. I always get Kentucky and Kansas confused whenever anything's from there or going there. He's like the leader of the Republican Party, essentially. That's not Donald Trump. Like, leader of the House, whatever. Something like that. Whatever his name is. The people of New York didn't vote him in. The people of Utah didn't vote him in. You know, the people from that state voted that guy in. And now he's affecting change that could have an impact on Utah. That could have an impact on New York. Why does Kentucky get to vote somebody in that will have a direct impact on Utah? Oh, well, we're a United States, and he's voting what uh, Kentucky thinks is best for the United States as a whole. So he's casting Kentucky's vote. Ocasio-Cortez is casting New York's vote. And New York voted to XYZ. Well, sure, that might be great for New York, that might be great for Kentucky, but what if it sucks for Utah? Like, oh man, we lost two to three because Kentucky and New York, they really wanted that thing to go through. Like, sorry Utah, we're screwed. But they really wanted that thing to whatever it was go through. Sorry, are you starting to see how this system is kind of a little messed up, right? All these people with so much power affecting people that didn't even put them there? So, okay, Jason, what's your answer for all of this? I've said it before. Power needs to go back to the states. Power needs to go back to the states. Let Utah run Utah. We'll, we'll, we'll vote for ourselves on things like healthcare. We'll vote for ourselves on things like education. Right? Why, when we have a chance to run 50 different unique programs, do we not take the opportunity? Why, when we have the chance to have 50 individual voices, do we try and control one giant monster of a voice? Why, when the people of Utah think, hey, this would be a great thing for Utah, can Utah not do that? Why, when the people of New York think, hey, this will be a great thing for New York, can the people of New York not do that? Because somebody from Kentucky, somebody from Minnesota, somebody from Texas voted differently. There used to be so many things that were state-mandated, you know, and now they're federal. More and more power every single year is going back to the federal government. And that's that's by design for the by design by the people in power. 
and it's not serving the American people. More and more power needs to go back to the states. Because here's the thing. What's best for me in my little area, in my valley that I live in, is not going to be best for somebody that lives in Seattle. They are two different worlds. And even within Utah, what's best for me in my little valley is not best for the people of, say, Salt Lake. Again, two different worlds. What's best for Salt Lake isn't best for St. George. Again, two different worlds. But they're a lot more similar. I would say, you know, St. George and Salt Lake. They're a lot more similar than where I live and Seattle. They just are. So, yes, more power back to the states. Let the states decide on things. Because, let's say, let's say California, because they're, you know, they're touted as super socialist all the time. Let's say California figures out a great healthcare program where suddenly everybody in the state of California is getting great healthcare. And then we as Utah, or them as New York, or them as Texas, or whatever, can look at California and be like, man, why is that working for them? How can we implement it to best work for our people? You know, they have a slightly different culture than we do. They have slightly different resources than we do, you know? So how do we adapt that to ourselves? Instead of some, you know, 600 people in the federal government thinking, okay, we need a sweeping bill to help 330 million people that all have different cultures, that all have different ideas, that all have different identities. And we need to try and force them into one giant hodgepodge of an American system. It's not going to work. It's been proven that niche groups, groups that find similar common ground and stick to those values and do not, I'm not saying segregate, but you know, when, when you stick to people that you agree with and communities thrive on a similar likeness and understanding, those are the communities that do best. When you try and get too many different ideas where no system's going to work for everybody, you need people that agree with each other. So yeah, the people of Salt Lake don't think the same way as the people of, you know, Logan. We're different people. We're similar in a lot of things, but we're different. So if we can even get a little more local and be like, hey, Logan's doing this, Salt Lake's doing that, we can better represent the actual needs of the people. I'm just saying, power back to the states. And it needs to happen. Like, we'll still be a United States, there will still be a federal government, But a lot of these decisions need to go back to the states so we can try 50 different programs. And if one state fails, you know, that's kind of on them. Instead of risking it all on a whole country. And that's that's just my two cents. I'm going to go into work. It's Friday. Peace out. See you guys Monday, I guess.